And I am Aware Now. Aware Now, the official platform for causes. Tune in and turn it up as we raise awareness one story at a time for the causes that tie us all together. It was 15 months ago that I spoke to Mary Marsal and Mary for the first time in a conversation concluding with tears. Our first phone call was had while she was in hiding in Afghanistan, just as the Taliban overthrew Kabul. A young female Afghan reporter with a voice she wanted to share, met by the silence she was forced to keep for her safety and that of her family, Mary wanted to be seen and heard without filters and without the need to ask for forgiveness for sharing the truth. After all this time, the stage is now hers. Mayor, first and foremost, thank you so much for sharing this time in this space with me. I really appreciate you sharing your story with Aware Now. So thank you. Thank you so much, Ali, for having me and for covering this story and uh, for letting me uh, tell the world what is happening in Afghanistan and what was my experience for the last 14 and 15 months. It's been a long time. It's been a long road. Yeah. Uh, you know, so the thing of it is, adaptation is required for survival, especially when it comes to a young female journalist in Afghanistan. Take us back, Mare. You and I spoke after, just after the Taliban had come in. Take us back to the day when you went to work at the TV station and you were sent home by the Taliban who met you there with weapons upon your arrival? Uh, I remember exactly, it was uh, 15 August when the couple fall, but before that, I'm gonna go back. It was mid-July and there were rumors in Afghanistan between people in the journal that the Taliban are coming, the NATO or uh, security guards and the all the security forces are leaving. So, uh, and the, at the same time, Taliban was targeting the journalists at that time, they were killing people. So it wasn't safe for me. It was mid-July, me and my family, we moved to a relative house near the national TV of Afghanistan. It was much better for me to go there to office. Uh, I was going to my work until 14, I guess, normally, and 15, I guess, was my off day. So, in 16, on 16, I guess, uh, when I went to my office and I tried to enter the national TV of Afghanistan, it was five in the morning and I had to go to morning show to present three hours live show there. So when I tried to go there, there was uh, the guards, the Taliban actually there and the checkpoint and uh, they said, I can't go inside the TV. They say they have their own presenters. Um, they have their own TV right now and they, they don't need female presenter and they were ordered to not allow any female presenter, any female in the national TV of Afghanistan. When I resisted, they uh, put their guns on me and I had to leave. I had no other way there. So it was a really bad day for me. Even though we knew Kabul has fallen, even though I knew the rest there, I wanted to go to office because I love my work and, and I wanted to be there. I wanted to support the people of Afghanistan. I wanted to tell the truth about what was going on in the, around Afghanistan because at that time media was 
you know, it was all under the pressure of the Taliban. No one was telling actually what was being done on the TV. So we thought maybe we could do some good. And at the same time, I remember it was the 16th August, the same day when the resistance announces existence in Panjshir. So I thought maybe there's hope, maybe we can do better the president, the existing president of the resistance was already in Panjshir in that time. So we thought maybe we could change things. We thought maybe the uh, international forces might jump in. They might do some good. They might help us. They might save us. But it didn't happen, actually. So I had to move back to my home, to my family. And we had from there, we had to move our address to another address, to another safe house, to another location to be safe and to be there. Right. And, you know, so to that point, to find safety when you went home, soon your home wasn't safe. You had to go into hiding. And this is when you and I first spoke. Uh, I remember you were in hiding that day, that moment when we had a conversation as a target of the Taliban, you had to keep moving and your family as well. If you stood still too long, you would be found. While in hiding, what were you most afraid to lose, Mare? What were you most hopeful to find as well? When I went to the safe house, I thought we could be safe, me and my family. But it didn't happen because of the uh, we are targeted by the Taliban, not only because I was a journalist, because our problem with the Taliban was began on 2007 and we had money problems and they kidnapped our family members. So it wasn't safe for me. The worst thing that happened at that time for me is that we had to divide it in the group. So me and my brother, we went to a safe house and my family, my mother, my father and my sibling, they went to another safe house. And for many days, I didn't have any contact with them. We didn't talk to each other. We didn't have local SIM card. We were not using internet at all, just to be sure that we don't put any one of us in danger. So that was the point that was, I was really afraid. I was afraid because of my little brother and sister. And that was so bad for me. But the only thing that I wanted to find at that time, it was, the only person that I could trust at that time, and it was my uncle, legend, because, you know, when the day the Kabul fall, when I saw the TV, the national TV of Afghanistan, I saw one of my colleagues at there, the national TV of Afghanistan, and he was celebrating the Taliban and the Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan when they announced that. And I was shocked, like, how could I trust someone in this situation when I don't know even my colleagues working with them, but they are celebrating so the only hope I had at that time was to find my uncle to be safe and to find my family. Mm -hmm. So here enters legend. Yeah. Yeah. Here enters legend. Mary, uh, you saw and heard things that most will never see or hear in their life. While trying to escape from Afghanistan, what was the worst Thing you saw that gave you the most fear and then what was the best thing you saw that that gave you hope during the two and three months when i was in afghanistan i saw money worse things i saw taliban shooting people killing people 
uh, I saw thousands and hundreds of people trying to escape Afghanistan. And I saw myself and my family in a situation where we had no food, we had no money, we had no water, and we had to go from one place to one, uh, another place. We were sur surrounded by the guards that who were looking like the Taliban, you know, their clothes, the way they look. I thought like maybe they, they are Taliban. They were looking like exactly like them. And I remember I was sick and I remember um, I couldn't go to the doctor for many days. I didn't have any medicine. So lots of worse things happened there. But the, the one thing that scared me the most is the day, <coughs> I'm sorry, uh, the day when we uh, left the safe house, the first safe house that we were with my family and we went to other place. I think it was um, 18 or 17, I guess that I didn't know that after like until two, three weeks after that. That the Taliban went to our house, they searched our place. They were searching for me and my family. When they couldn't find us, they left the uh, arrest warrant to the neighbors. They went to our house two, three times, they couldn't find us. So they left the arrest warrant with the neighbors. After a month, maybe, we received that from one of our neighbors, from one of my father's friends. And, and that paper, in a copy of that, I saw the Taliban writing lots of things in Pashto. And the one thing that scared me the most was the they said that we have to surrender ourselves. And after we surrender and after we served our punishment, I had to marry one of their commanders. Uh, it was the worst thing for me. And uh, I can't even tell you how I was feeling at that time. Because after we lost our country, after we lost our freedom, after me and my family was running from the Taliban, something like that. It completely shocked me and I didn't know what to do. And the only thing that was coming to my mind is that what if they find me? What if they force me to marry them? What will happen to me? The only thing I had at that time was myself and I would lose myself to the Taliban. It was really, really scary for me. And so bad. I, I, I can't even tell you in words how it felt to me. But then again, the only thing that made me hopeful and gave me hope was uh, when the day when I called my uncle and I told him that uh, we don't have any place to go and I'm scared of the guards who sent me uh, to protect me and I don't have contact with my family. I can't talk to them. I don't know where my brothers are and I don't know if they are safe or not. Lots of things was happening. So... He said he will come to Afghanistan. And, and I remember it was exactly um, on uh, September. Of the many times we tried to enter the Kabul airport, many attempts we did after we took the bus, the van came, this, the guards came, they took us to the airport many times with lots of people. We stayed in safe houses. It didn't happen for us. I remember exactly it was... Uh, uh, I think 30, I guess, it was midnight and we were in a safe house, maybe two, three miles near to the airport. And he wanted to air enter the airport. Me and other families, there was maybe around 50 to 60 people who were trying to uh, go to the airport. And uh, we were told that uh, the last military plane of the U.S. might took us to the U.S. So we hoped that maybe we could leave. But when that plane left and when on 
one or two hours after that, we heard the gunshots, the explosions, the Taliban celebrating because the U.S. and the NATO left completely Afghanistan. It scared me the most. So I called Michael and I said, I don't know what to do and we can't live like this. Uh, we were running out of food. We were running out of water. We didn't have any money because banks were closed. It was so terrible and horrible. But So he said he will come to Afghanistan. After a few days, when I was in a logar in a safe house, I saw him from miles away. We couldn't talk. It was so dangerous for him to come near to us. But I just saw him for maybe one minute. And that, that was that was so nice for me. That was so hopeful for me that gave me hope that, okay, someone is near, someone's here to help us. And someone I could trust, me and my family could trust is there for us. I think I remember speaking with you. I know I remember speaking with you on one of those nights when it seemed like you were so close. You were almost no, I, I, Yes, I've never been in Logar. I remember uh, before going to Logar, we were in a safe house. I met my family after a few days, actually, on that night. We were together. And I was just happy that I could see my family, my brother and my sister. But we were in an apartment in a block and suddenly one of the security guards came and he said that uh, Taliban are just downstairs and they have a picture of me and my family. And they were searching for us and somebody, somebody in the area told them that they are living there. So they just shout and said, run. And we had to run through the back doors. I remember my brother, he fell down very hard and he injured his leg. He was bleeding for like two, three hours. And we were constantly on the moving on the car. We were going to Twart Logar. So I remember myself, I fell down on my face very hard. I hurt my face, my chest my thumbs even and we didn't have any doctor to go there for many days and then until my uncle came he brought us money he brought us food and everything he sent a doctor to me to finally so i could get better because i was i was very stressed i was very weak we couldn't find enough food enough water so i, I can't even tell you how it was but seeing him was the only thing that Give me hope. Thank goodness for legend. Um, so after, after escaping Afghanistan, you and your family uh, who escaped with you spent time in the UAE. Again, Mare, again, you had to adapt to a different place in a very confined space. Please share what that experience of in between was like for you what was most difficult um you know the unfavorable conditions or the unknown outcome the time and circumstance what was what was more difficult the where you were at or the fact that you just didn't know how long you were going to be there it was midnight maybe uh 21st october i remember it was midnight I received an email and a call from someone who said, like, we have to get the Mazar from Logar to Mazar uh, to get um, within like maybe uh, 18 hours. We had to get there and a, um, a plane will take us out of Afghanistan. They didn't say it where I was going, my family was going. We didn't know anything. So, you know, from Logar to Mazar was 16, 
it's look I guess about 18 hours drive, long and scary drive. And at that point, because we had many attempts to go to airport and it was all failed, we couldn't go to the airport many times. We were like maybe a mile away from the airport and we couldn't get there. So I thought it's very scary and it was late night for us. We said like, you have to move within one hour to get there to Mazar airport. Um, I was afraid I didn't know what to do. So first we said like, we wouldn't go. And then we we decided, okay, it's better to try if it works. So we left to Mazar. We, we passed maybe 20, 25 checkpoints of the Taliban. Uh, we had to stay there for two, three days. And then we get to a plane and we came to uh, Abu Dhabi, UAE. And until we reached there, we didn't know where we were going. In Abu Dhabi, first few months, maybe one or two months, it was locked down. For the family of six, we had only two rules. Uh, we were in lockdown for two months. And then after two months, we were not allowed to go outside of the country. I couldn't explain to you how it felt at that time. You know, it was like a modern prison for us. We were just giving any food, any food, and any food, and nothing else. Uh, many times they, there was lockdown because of the food poisoning because the food was not good. The quality of the food was not good and the people were getting sick. So lockdown, staying in the camp for 12 and 13 and 14 months and we didn't know uh, what was going to happen, you know. Uh, I was afraid, we feared, but it was kind of different because we didn't know if they would send us back to Afghanistan to the Taliban, if they would send us to another country or if they would separate us, maybe they could send me to another country and my family to another country. That's what they first told me. They said like, you have to go to another country and your family will go to another country. And I was shocked, like after everything we have been through and I'm gonna lose my family again. And I don't know when I will be able to see them. It was so horrible for me, uh, for my family, you know, lots of people in the camp. I remember Afghans, they, they lost hope completely. Some of them give up. They went back to Afghanistan to fly. Maybe around 600 or 700 people went back to Afghanistan because, because they couldn't bear staying for one or one and a half year in the camp. Uh, after they went to the Afghanistan, they blocked the process. They stopped the process. So the other people, they couldn't go back to Afghanistan. It was it was really bad. It was really bad. We didn't have enough food and water there. They were giving us water only for one day. We, you know, we would receive two or three bottles of 500 ml water for one day for each person. And we couldn't find any more water there. Uh, food wasn't good. People were staying in camp and lockdown for many days. We couldn't go outside of the camp, you know especially for someone like me it was so terrible because a month ago in afghanistan i was a successful woman i was established journalist i had a life i had a country i had a home we had everything there but then uh, after a month i had nothing i had i had nothing only thing i had was my family around me we didn't have a home we didn't have freedom uh, uh, you know, I wasn't feeling the same person I was like of that month because everything was changed for me and for me and people like me, for everyone in Afghanistan. And 
that's that's all it was it was it was a very difficult period of time for me in my life you know i remember um one of the first times we spoke um while you were just going into hiding i remember you showing me a picture of your cat and i showed you a picture of mine and just the smallest of details that really remind us all of how fragile life is and how circumstance can change everything so quickly. To your point, you had a career, you had uh, a, a life, you had a country, you had everything. So it's been 15 months since you were in hiding in Afghanistan. Now you're here. Now you're in the United States. Um, (laughs) Time to adapt once again. But once a journalist, always a journalist, I would imagine. Are you ready, Mary? Are you ready to re-emerge? Are you ready to once again report on what's raw and what's real? in this world, what is your next step? Starting all over, all over again, what would you like? Once a journalist, always a journalist, you said it yourself. <laughs> of course, I'll do my work here. I'll try my best and uh, to fight for Afghanistan, to fight for my people, to fight for those who didn't have the chance I had, that I had. I came to you, but many of other people I know, uh, they're still in Afghanistan and they didn't have this chance. So, uh, so I would never forget the reason why I'm here in U.S., why I don't, I'm not in my home anymore. I don't have a country and it's all because the Taliban. So I would never forget that. And I would fight for that, fought, fight for my right, for, for my dignity. And I will work for that. And just because I'm in U.S. and I'm safe and my family is safe, I'm not going to stop because of it. And I wouldn't and I would never forget the reason why we are here. So I will do my best to fight for the people who can't raise their voice in Afghanistan, fight for the women. The Taliban, they stopped women from going to parks. They stopped women from going to very basic rights they had as a human being, from going to school, from education. So I'm going to fight for those people. I'm going to support resistance and I'm going to do my best to make a difference, to do at least my part. And I want the same thing from the people of Afghanistan. I want from everyone who's listening to me to support us, to support resistance, to support legend group. Since I'm here, I joined Legend Group and I'm trying to help the other journalists. I'm trying to help other people who are stuck in Afghanistan, uh, whose life is in danger to somehow make a difference and help them to escape Afghanistan. And I, and I request and I ask them very pleasedly to do the same, to support us. And support we shall in any and every way that we are able. Um, while you felt very alone, very isolated um, these past many months. You were never alone. 
with you. I know, I know, I know. You have always supported me, Ali. Thank you so much. When I was in town, you always texted me. You always asked me how I was feeling. Uh, but I was really depressed at that time. And even though I wanted to do good, even though I wanted to uh, be back on my word to report, but I couldn't because the stress I was feeling because the, we didn't know what was going to happen for us next. So I couldn't do good there and I was and I was in a stress. But I, I think this is the chance that I'm here and I'm going to do my best to use it. I'm going to do my best to uh, support my people, to raise my voice for them, to help them and, uh, you know, do my best at all. Nobody, nobody in Afghanistan accepts the Taliban. Nobody accepts the Taliban in U.S. Nobody, I haven't heard any congressman supporting any member of the Taliban. So United States, United Nations, everyone, everyone knows them as a terrorist organization. And I'm not going to look other way to them. No one is going to look other way to them. And I want to say to the people of Afghanistan who, who are there, that Taliban, they're just few people. We are money. We can do. We can change. And I want them to know that, you know, people, Afghan, everywhere they are, they are supporting them. We are trying our best to uh, do good. And we are going to fight for our rights. We are going to fight for our dignity. And we will ask it and we will get it from anyone who is in the power. Yes, absolutely. Well, for all those still left in Afghanistan, um, the hope that they have now with you here and with all of us who are working to do what we can to make things yes. right. Yes. I've always, I've always believed in free media. Um, I've always believed that media could change lots of things. And I've said it before to you too. I remember that. Yeah. And I still believe, I still in believe, believe in free media. I think uh, you, me, media, we could do best, we could do good. We could tell the world what is happening in Afghanistan. Taliban's, they are the same people who were in 1990. They haven't changed. They're even worse. And everyone knows that. Everyone knows that after one and a half year, what's happening in Afghanistan. After everything they did in Afghanistan, everyone knows what's happening. Mm -hmm. So we will fight. We will do our best. And thank you so much, Ali, for everything you did, for this interview. Uh, for covering my story and for letting me have this chance to tell the world what is happening. Absolutely. Well, thank you for, for telling it because you and I both know, as do a number of people, that it is one story that reaches one person. That can change everything. And so we continue to share these stories. We continue to stand in truth together, never alone. Thank you so much, Mira, for sharing yet again your story, your strength, your hope. And thank you for helping all of us become a bit more aware now. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ali. Um, I love you. I love Arena family and thank you for everything. Thank you, Mira.
tune into our podcast, subscribe to our magazine, find us and join us online. Visit IamAwareNow.com. We will no longer wait for permission to change the world. Together, we are aware now.